This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is Frida Liu. You're listening to Open for Business. Make Time Pay is a web and mobile app based on on-demand work ecosystem that is designed to help job seekers and posters find on-demand tasks and opportunities that match their skills, interests, and free time. So with a growing number of people getting involved with gig work platforms, how does Make Time Pay differentiate itself from other job platforms? Sharon Azmi, Executive Director and Co-Founder of Make Time Pay, is here with me today to talk about how they're changing the gig employment landscape. Good morning, Sharon. Hi, Frida. How are you? I'm okay. I just want to know a little bit about make time pay uh why you started it and you know i mean i guess the pain points when you started this because there are also other players in this space so tell me um what what was happening was um i, I founded uh, make time pay with uh, a couple of my friends we're not the classical 20 year old startup founders uh, we're actually significantly older than that and i think that's probably what prompted some of it we were having lunch um and i ordered grab this is uh, slightly uh, sort of covid time and this uh, old gentleman, which is a white head and everything, came by to drop off food. So I now went out and picked up my grab order. As I normally do, I just out of curiosity said, you know, uncle, you've got a really nice car. Why are you doing this? Because I know what the delivery charge is. It's not much. And his story was, he said, my daughter and my son are unemployed now. They've just been let go from their job. And I'm just trying to help put some money on the table. I said, okay, um, why are you doing this? You know, because I'm really looking at this car because he had actually, without you know saying the brand, the, the car was actually quite a nice car. And he said, well, you know, I was an accountant for 40 years, but nobody will hire me because basically they look at me and tell me I'm too old. Basically, this is one of those things about Malaysia. It's called ageism. If you don't know what ageism is, racism except with age, right? So he couldn't get anything. And this is what you again. And I said to my friends, look, this is something that we need to address because there are a lot of people out there who are willing to work. They don't have access to the work opportunities. They don't necessarily want to work on a full X number of days a month kind of permanent basis, but it's about the opportunity to do this. And really, the reality is all around the world, what's called gig, which in Malaysia is massively misrepresented and misunderstood. We look at it and it's always represented by media as being food delivery, delivery, or it's ride shared, you know, taxi driving kind of thing. But gig is essentially any short duration work for pay. That's all it is. I used to be a GLC CEO. I was a gig worker because I was on contract, you know, and I was on two year, two year contract. That's a gig. Anytime that you have employment deal where there's an end date on your contract, you are basically on a gig. But when you look at this, it is the way that the world is going. The research in the US is showing that by the year 2025, and bear in mind, it's almost 2023, yeah? By, the, by 2025, half of the U.S. workforce, as one out of two people, will be engaged on a gig basis. So that's 50% of the workforce. Now, we believe that that tsunami is going to roll across the Pacific and impact Asia as if it hasn't already. So official Malaysian, 4 million people in Malaysia are employed on a gig basis. Clearly, they're not food delivery people, right? They're, they're everybody on a short-term basis. So we look at this and we say, look, there are people who want to work. The employers who want to employ people, but the employers are very sensitive to the ability to get stuck with either headcount problems or fixed overheads. So the question is, the way to go is to engage individuals for a task or a short uh, duration. 
So what we did was we looked around and we said, you know, what's the challenge here? The challenge essentially is an opportunities bottleneck because they don't have access to each other. The reason they don't have access to each other is because if you want to look for a job, it seems that you have to go through a thing. A thing could be a portal. You would have to go through a media uh, outlet or, or notice board or something like that. And likewise, those employers that want you can't find you because they are also bottlenecking through a recruitment agency. What you want to be able to do is what we did. We created Make Time Pay, which is a marketplace for all industries, all skill sets, all ranks. What is a marketplace? Think Lazada except for gig. And that means that three o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday night, if you feel like looking for supplemental income, you just log on and you can do this. Three o'clock in the morning, you know, you're an employer, you decide, look, I need somebody tomorrow morning, perhaps. You can log on and find somebody. This is not really possible when you are actually working through a staffing agency because all the consultants are asleep. So what you want to do is you want to allow people who are very switched on, very um, interested, very motivated. They want to work. They want to find people to work. You want to allow them to find each other. That's all it is. So we facilitate that ability using technology for people to find each other. And this has been something which seems to be uh, resonating because, you know, we're signing up like 500 people a day and we're not doing any marketing. This is the thing, you know, we're not really doing any marketing. And this is, this is the, the best part where it's really sort of word of mouth. And arguably you can say, well, you know, it's not that many, but given that we, you know, we've been at this since the beginning of this year, we have uh, 60,000 users. Uh, when you look at, you know, there are a couple of foreign uh, entities, I can mention them, no issue. I mean, Freelance, a wonderful name. They've been around for 11 years. I checked, they had 80 Malaysian opportunities. You know, we've been around since the beginning of this year. We got 120,000 opportunities to sign on. Fiverr, people love Fiverr um, and, and they're great. They've been around nine years and um, you look at this, they've got 700 Malaysians signed up. So, you know, I think we're doing pretty well. It's, it's really about us being here and being sensitive to the fact that we want to be able to help people. And that's really uh, the crux of it. It's a marketplace and it allows people to find each other. So it's almost a combination of Fiverr and freelancer in a way. What's interesting, you were saying that you broached the issue of ageism, right? And that is a fact, right? We are an aging population right here in Malaysia right now, and that's going to be the way forward as well. Now, um, and the fact that you've got 500 people coming a day in less than a year, that's pretty good. What's the kind of work that's sort of popular that people are looking for? We are right now, interestingly, we are a marketplace. And, and I say again, all industries, all skill sets, all ranks. Because make time pay is a marketplace we aren't yet driving individuals to a particular point and what we're seeing right now as a result is a lot of white collar interest so the interest that's coming right now is all white collar and that may be because individuals from the white collar sector are much more driven much more interested to be able to find income i say income because it seems right now 90 percent of the people who are registering on a daily basis to become new users of make time pay they are actually fully employed they're not we thought because of covid and everything else we thought it would be unemployed people we thought we would be helping the 600,000 Malaysians who would be unemployed. Actually not. The people that are signing on every day are people who cannot, you know, they go up to their boss and say, hey boss, can I get a raise? And the boss say, cannot, you know, economic conditions are so bad. So they can't get any extra pay. So what they do is they need to get supplemental income. So the supplemental income is, is really key. And we provide for that ability for people to do that by them telling us 
when they can work. And by, by doing that, you know, you say, we finish work 5.30, get home at, from work 6.30, they have dinner, have a shower, whatever. by eight o'clock at night, they're ready to work. And they just need to indicate that into the system. And the system matches them to time availability, which gives individuals a tremendous amount of, I suppose, empowerment in order to find the opportunity. Companies as well say, you know, look, you know, it's very often you'll see help wanted ads that are kind of open-ended. They say, we want people, but they never tell you for when, um, except unless, unless you have an exhibition or something, an exhibition very sp- time specific. But if somebody says, look, I really need you for tomorrow, that's great. Here's somebody. And if the matching is we have tomorrow and you, you find that match and you got somebody very specifically for a skill at a particular time and everybody's happy. That is essentially by technology, not by eyeball 1.0, you know? Right. And of course, you know, when you have this, it goes into operating costs and not a fixed cost because they're not employed full time as well. Okay, I've got more questions for you, uh, but we'll do that right after this. I'm here with Sharon Azmi from Make Time Pay. Stay tuned to Open for Business, BFM 89.9. Busy following money trail, BFM 89.9. Good morning, this is Frida Liu. You're listening to Open for Business. I'm here with Sharon Azmi, Executive Director and Co-Founder of Make Time Pay. Uh, one of the things is also you go into the top 10 alpha startups for InsurTech program by uh, FWD Startup Studio and Lead Ventures. Why did you decide to participate? And you know, I guess what did you get out of that experience? Interesting. I will give credit to 1337 Ventures. Uh, it's a VC firm. They employed a scout. The scout came after us. And um, I have two partners, and we were very conflicted because, uh, you know, as, as I mentioned, we're fairly we're veteran professionals <laughs> in the sense that, you know, we're old enough to be teaching some of this stuff. So we looked at this and said, Nola, you know, we're not going to learn anything from this, uh, which was completely wrong, of course. But they worked really hard and pressed us. We said in the end, in a chat with FWD, which is an insurance company up and coming, they love what we do. I would say they claim they do. They love our plans are for expansion. And they said, look, this works well. So essentially, it's a meeting of the minds. It's, it was coming together of this. It's very arrogant to say, you know, you can't learn anything, which is really ridiculous. You always learn something from somebody. And, and that's what we did. And I've enjoyed it. We did get through the first cut, which was 25. We, we actually made it the top 10. We're in the top 10 at the moment. Uh, we'll see because of the big prize money comes at the end of uh, the next month or so. Um, and hopefully we'll make top two. So we'll see what happens. Right. Okay. And you were saying your co-founders, what background do your co-founders come from? Well, there are three of us. I'll do this by age. I have uh, Joe Lam. Joe is advertising industry veteran. So he is basically at, at a certain point in his life, he was the advertising industry creative director with the most number of awards in Asia. So he comes from that sort of background and going back in time in about 1988, I guess he was a internet pioneer uh, with one of Asia's first internet companies. And then that was really, really a very exciting time. So I've known him about 35 years. My other partner is Ken Tai. Ken is a techno serial technopreneur. He's our tech boss. So, you know, we dream up something and Ken goes in, which is really exciting because it's he, the opportunities are massive for him to go a lot of different ways. But his fixation is UX or user experience. He'll always challenge and say, yeah, but, you know, how's the user going to think about that and so on? So that's really wonderful. Um, I come from a much more uh, management background. Um, at a certain point in my life, I was the head of a UK PLC 
54 country IT telecommunications business. Most recently, I guess my last assignment in Malaysia was I was headhunted into Kazana to work on the closure of Malaysia Airlines, which is still Malaysia's largest corporate layoff on 20,000 people. And in that, under the former MD, Tansri Azman, my remit essentially was to make sure these people landed well. It was not about finding them a job. It's always sort of mis misnomer, but it was making sure that those people were okay. And we've carried that philosophy, you know, when I exited Kazan, I looked at this and I said, you know, job not done. I, I think the mission still continues, which is to be able to help people and make sure that they're okay. So we looked at this and said, right now, what people need is, is money in, the, in their pocket. But the money in their pocket comes in a lot of different forms. Very often you think of them, oh, just find them a job. Uh, not that easy, as we talked about, whether it's ageism, and there are lots of other issues. Oh, actually, we wanted a, you know, we wanted a woman, somebody who can speak Mandarin. You know, there are lots of conditions. But in this particular case, when you're dealing with gig work, when you're dealing with things like a marketplace, as we have set up, which is what is make time pay, people don't care about those aspects of you. Your demographics don't matter. What matters to the employers? Can you do what I want you to do? What I want you to do is this task. I don't care what shape, size, color, whatever the issue is. I don't, you know, it, it's irrelevant to me. This is what I have money I have, want you to do by this time. Can or not? And then the person says, yeah, all right. And that is the level of the playing field, right? This is the wonderful thing about it. And now don't care. It's how it works. So that's basically where we've come from, the, the three of us. Um, Ken, I've known for 20 years. So we're old friends where we have that advantage. We're experienced, which is a kind way of saying old love. <laughs> okay. Was it true that you secured investment from uh, Imperial uh, last year? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Simon Simon Lanchier is the managing director of Impuro. He is a serial investor. He's a Dutch guy. He lives in Kuala Lumpur with his family. He's just got the most amazing imagination. He thinks of all sorts of things. And he had the courage, if I can call it that, because you have to have some serious courage to put money into a startup, right? Uh, he said he just gave us a, a chunk of cash and, and made a huge difference to us and has been highly supportive. He invests all around Southeast Asia. So when we talk about Asian expansion, he's got uh, 50 things to say, and all of them are very valuable to, to hear. So yeah, so that's really good. We're actually on a fundraising round at the moment. We can, of course, pay our own way, but it's slower. I mean, what we want to be able to do do this on much, much faster. And uh, that helps everybody really to be able to do this, not at a normal pace, but to do this at a much faster rate. Right. And what is the story on expansion? Well, the, the expansion, the, the issue is, I mean, you know, we, we know the grab story. Right? And the thing with lab, of course, is that everybody's darling for a period of time. But, you know, Malaysians really can do much more than they're given credit for. Right now, 98.3% uh, of our users are Malaysian. Uh, we are .com. It's maketimepay.com. So people from all around the world find us because we're not .com.my, which is wonderful. But um, because, you know, 98.3% of our 60,000 people today are Malaysian, uh, it's Malaysians doing things for Malaysians, regardless of your whether you're a multinational company or whatever you may be. If we expand into Singapore, Singaporeans love Malaysians. They just think, you know, Malaysians are just really smart, really switched on, and frankly, to the Singapore dollar, really inexpensive. Good value for money. So if we were to do that, and that is the intention to expand into Singapore next, 
we actually open up all of Singapore opportunities to Malaysian workers. You know, this is obviously not from on-site work. So we would be able to have to expand and allow Singaporeans to do work in Singapore. I spoke to somebody yesterday who said, you know, Singapore is a mess because there's so many uh, layoffs, there's so many dismissals and so on. And that may be in which case it is even more critical that people be looking to put money in their pocket. So that's competition. As we look throughout Southeast Asia, the opportunity to build a community of more workers and more opportunity is what we're looking to do. This is not a one of those really trendy NFT type of ideas or metaverse or you know web3. We're looking here at something that's going to be around forever which is while humans want to survive they will always look for take care of themselves. So we want to be able to do that. We want to be able to make sure that guy people like that uncle who came by and actually do something more. He was an accountant for 40 years. Why is he delivering food? That is massive underemployment. There are people out there who are very skilled individuals. I'm sure you take um you know a ride share, you sit there and you talk to the driver that does something else and then you say why are you doing this he says no access to opportunity and i'm actually an engineer i'm actually a whatever you are and he would love that now there's nothing wrong with delivering food i'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with right here all i'm saying is your pay per hour of time is not good it's not the same as what it should be so if you can earn more why shouldn't you and that's what we want to be able to do and likewise companies save money by hiring these people you know the reality is look I've hired you for a task you don't get medical you don't get dental you don't get all these other things because I just want you to do this thing once this thing is done then move on you move on I move on that so this is the ultimate We've always try to push Malaysians to be entrepreneurial and everything else the ultimate entrepreneurial skill is to make yourself the product and the service proud and and push yourself and earn some money and look to do that and and if you can actually do that and have the access to opportunity which is why make time pay exists access to opportunity and then for the company to be able to find them doesn't get better than that you know many businesses organizations talk about the importance of retaining talent yada da right but how do you see a company's efforts changing this narrative and do you see this becoming more common for roles traditionally viewed as full time positions and again you know something you said right you know sometimes my salary is not enough for me to survive right so should companies be looking at this differently and even encouraging their employees to do that encouraging the, the employees to to moonlight well you know the, the thing is i think the, the companies which have imagination courage um and and if i were to say a little bit uh, slightly bigger heart and be and they're more realistic about it they're actually fine if if the employees moonlight but a lot of companies are now writing into their employment contracts you cannot work for somebody else well you know if i go and if i go if let's say i'm working in an accounting firm and i go and wash my neighbor's car for 10 ringgit please la i mean what what is the problem right So, so it is ridiculous but it actually if i'm if you're doing something which is clearly a conflict of interest then that is that's a problem but in 99.9% of cases that's not what's happening people are trying to put put money on the table you can't pay me more so i tell you what i will move and this is also a complaint i'm sure you've heard it they move for 50 ringgit how why did this person it was only 50 ringgit more because you were not prepared or not able to do this so why should they not be able to to access that sort of 
a little bit of extra. The need for being better off, I think, is massively underestimated. We, we look at this all the time and don't understand how difficult it is for people to be able to put money in their pocket. It, we just don't get it. And that's something where if companies start to see that, then that's better now. We're actually working with uh, a number of companies. I could probably tell you uh, most most recently, a couple of days ago, uh, we signed Alex Sun Sports. Well done, them. Um, they, 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 they're they they expanding at a massive rate. They're looking at this. They're saying the big crunch is essentially uh, seasonal. It, it could be festival. It could be weekends, but the rest of the days, I mean, if you're looking at a weekend versus a Wednesday afternoon, it, it's, you know, it's like night and day. So you don't carry the big overheads of keeping people the whole day, whole year, uh, month round. What you want to do is just, I just need somebody for Saturday afternoon. I just need somebody for the weekend. This works really well for them. And then a whole bunch of people say, look, I'm working Monday to Friday. I'm sitting around staring at the ceiling on the weekends. Why don't I go? I love sports. Why don't I go and sell a pair of shoes for all right. So why not? And that makes everybody happy. This win-win all around. It's it's improves Malaysians' well-being. I mean, their life, their lives uh, make a huge difference. They pay their bills as costs uh, start, are rising, as we know they are. Yeah, uh, Sharon, is there anything else you'd like to add uh, that I haven't asked you yet? <laughs> no, not really. I think uh, you know, I um, we're we're open for business uh, at www.maketimetopay.com. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to be around. We are, uh, we're growing. Uh, we're very pleased that we're being supported by, most especially, I will say, the micro, small, medium companies. Uh, less so the large, large Malaysian companies, which are less interested in us, but the multinationals, the micro, small, medium companies, which are really quite price cost sensitive. They're just really the heart of, of our growth and, and success. So thank you to them. Shout out to them. Um, and, and thanks to BFM as well for the support. All right. Uh, all the best. Uh, Sharon Azmi from uh, Make Time Pay. You've been listening to Open for Business, BFM 89.9. listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.